So Spencer, will Taysom Hill ever be duplicated? Have we developed the technology to duplicate Taysom Hill? <laughs> Think of a nice block of medium cheddar cheese, okay? Tell him. Okay, he's going for the one-shot kill of all ten pigs. I feel like that's a three-year-old reference, but I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Great pleasure to welcome in Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom now to discuss maybe a little bit of that uh, voiceover with Greg and Shep and specifically his optimism for a potential college football season based on what Joel Klatt of Fox Sports said. Greg, are you feeling optimistic like Joel Klatt that college football is going to happen in 2020? Yeah, I think we're going to play uh, one way or the other. Uh, it's going to happen. I, I And who knows? Are there fans in the stands? Is it limited? Is it? I, would you be okay if it's some truncated version? Or do you just want it in any form? Or are you willing to wait to push it later or even the spring if we had to? Yeah, I, I'd rather not push it and wait. And, and I realize that it wouldn't be ideal uh, to have, you know, collegiate sports being played in venues with a percentage uh, of available seats uh, allocated for, for, for spectators. That wouldn't be great, but not much about 2020 is, is going to be ideal, right? And, and so um, if we get to that point and, and, and there's a great number of fans in the stands, that would be wonderful. But I think uh, just to have the sport back in whatever way with, with somebody in attendance, uh, you know, sports was not designed to be an antiseptic experience. Um, it wasn't designed to be uh, a made-for-TV competition with no rooting interest in the venue. That's just not what it's ever been about. And, and so to do it that way, again, is not the best-case scenario. It's, 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 it's maybe the best thing we can do for the time being, but it's not what anybody really wants. And the closer we can get to the real thing, the better. And the real question is, uh, you know, what timetable allows us to do that? Yeah, we obviously don't know how many people will be watching BYU football or any college football team, for that matter, in person. But we did talk with Dennis Pitta recently about uh, Zach Wilson and working with John Beck. And obviously, John Beck feels very good about Zach Wilson and what he is doing uh, as he progresses as a quarterback at BYU. What do you expect of Zach Wilson, uh, regardless of how many fans he's playing in front of, when he starts his junior season? Well, I, I expect a guy that, that would look like we thought he would look, uh, like if healthy. I mean, and, and really last year we didn't really see, um, you know, that guy. Uh, it, was a, it was a race and a rush to get him just ready for the season. And he didn't have the prep that any quarterback would want to get ready. And, and just getting him physically to a point to throw was the objective. And as we found out after the season – uh, even up to the first week of the season, coaches had questions whether he'd be ready to go in that season opener. And and I don't think you, you could say he looked, you know, full go or 100%. He might even say the same thing. And then once he had the second injury, well, then, you know, all, all bets were off. So um, while it wasn't entirely a lost season, it wasn't Zach Wilson, um, you know, at his true capacity or true potential in 2019. So just just a healthy Zach Wilson should make a ton of difference. But beyond that, I expect a robust competition uh, to make sure that Zach is pushed by, by good talent, not just guys to say they're in the mix, but guys that can play because we've already seen them play. 
And that's what's interesting. I don't know that there's been a situation like this in BYU history where you go, does BYU have three capable guys on the roster of starting? Like, Baylor Romney beats a top 15 team, right, in the rain. It was crazy. And Jaron Hall's athleticism was on display in a couple of starts, I guess one and a half games there. So for Zach Wilson, I, I, I was thinking this, Greg, when we look at all the, the really good BYU to great BYU quarterbacks, they had their upperclassmen years to really prove themselves. We have yet to see that with Zach Wilson up to this point. And we've also yet to see uh, the kind of continuity that makes a great quarterback. Uh, you know, since the years of, of John Beck and Max Hall, it's been a rotating cast of characters essentially every season. You know, Taysom Hill had that one year, the one year where he had a, a complete year. But for the most part, uh, quarterback position has been snake bit for, you know, for, for, the, for the better part of a decade we're talking about right now. And, and again, though, those Beck and, and Hall years where you knew who your guy was going to be every game, barring injury, which actually didn't ever happen. John Beck missed one game due to a sprained ankle, and that's it over what six or seven seasons of play. And, and since then, it just hasn't been the case. And, and so, um, you know, the rhythm of preparing upperclassmen to have their years to shine and the continuity that comes with health have just not been there for BYU in a long time. Let's talk about the offensive line and those guys protecting Zach Wilson because both James Empey and Brady Christensen are receiving some nice uh, off-season or corona off-season uh, honors from Pro Football Focus. What do you expect of the offensive line? Are you buying the hype that these guys are going to go next level and that just maybe in a year or two we could have multiple offensive linemen drafted into the NFL? Yeah, I just broke it down on Twitter, guys. It's been 15 years since a BYU offensive lineman was drafted, as you guys know. And, and that capped a period where, you know, there were always linemen going, you know, for, for, you know, for about 20 years preceding 2005. It was rare that you'd go a couple seasons without a, without a BYU offensive lineman being drafted. Now you go 15 years without a single lineman getting picked by the NFL. Um, you know, clearly there's a core. You know, it, it's, it's the engine room uh, of any team. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting to consider. That, um, you know, since Bronco Mendenhall came on board as head coach from that time until now, as, as good as some offenses have been for BYU, no NFL draftees in that bunch over a period of 15 years. It's quite remarkable considering BYU's tradition up to that time. So, yeah, now's the time, right? Let's get back into that game. And, um, and, and, and the belief is, you know, our belief is by watching them play and, and seeing those who grade these things with some level of proficiency – that BYU has talent that you could presume could be developed into, you know, NFL draftable talent. And, and wouldn't that be great? Because, again, it is, it is what makes the offense go, and it's been a long time for BYU to have that kind of success up front. Eamon Brennan of The Athletic uh, uh, Shifting Gears talked about BYU basketball in a mailbag saying they could become a mid-major powerhouse. So we, we talked in the earlier segment about what that could look like, what that means. So do you feel like, and it's only been one year, but do you feel like BYU's trending towards that, that distinction of being a, a mid-major powerhouse? Well, just the fact that Mark Pope and BYU are in the conversation with so many high-profile transfers right now who are keeping BYU in their mix is an indicator of just how wide you know, BYU's talent net may be cast these days, and, and, and that's a positive. Well, let, let's not overlook the fact that, you know, for – you know, in, in the Dave Rose era, you know, BYU was, you know, it, producing. I mean, producing 20, 25 wins a year, getting into the NCAA tournament more often than not, many, many years in a row getting in. So they weren't that far away, and BYU's still not far away from, from being considered 
you know, that, that, that kind of college basketball, you know, just below the Blue Bloods, right, in terms of names you recognize. Um, we all know that BYU's never been to a Final Four, but they do have the most tournament appearances without getting to the Final Four. They're, they're in the mix and have been for a long, long time. Um, you know, putting yourself in, in, in Gonzaga territory would, I think, be, um, you know, putting yourself in true powerhouse uh, territory. And, and, and Gonzaga is the team that is seemingly these days a, a, a perennial number one pick at some point in the season. Well, BYU's not there. Um, and, and that's maybe the bar, Gonzaga being the bar. But BYU's not, you know, that terribly far away from being just, you know, on, on that level you talk about after the P5s, who are the big names in college basketball? And you find all those Big East teams and teams like Gonzaga. And BYU, again, does get mentioned a lot. And I think what Mark Pope is doing right now is just upping BYU's profile because of all, you know, the transfers who are considering BYU right now. Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Where has Mark Pope made the biggest difference? Maybe it is in the transfer portal, but where do you think he has made the biggest difference in impacting this BYU program? Well, I think you can see from his days at UVU through to BYU, his style of play was identifying um, you know, the ways to be the most efficient offense possible. And a lot of that dealt with three-point shooting. And BYU's jump from around 250th in the country to first in the, in the country uh, showed where Mark Pope thought BYU could develop and develop quickly um, you know, with, with the most efficiency. And bringing you know, players like Jake Toulson in was a big part of it, but it was also stylistic. And, and, and there have been others observing the game who've broken down you know, just how Mark Pope runs and calls an offense. And it's, it's free-flowing, but it's regimented. And, and there's that belief that, that when BYU needs a play, needs a bucket, there's enough to go, that there's a lot to go to, uh, to, to make good things happen. And so I, you know, I, I don't think that, that BYU fans should worry about this being a, a one-hit wonder, flash-in-the-pan season where this, this group of special seniors, um, you know, made something happen that, that, that can't be replicated. I think it can be replicated and differently because BYU's roster in 2020-21 is going to look a lot different. It's going to be a lot taller. It's going to have a lot more versatility, uh, particularly on the backcourt with the height BYU has. And so I'm just fascinated and intrigued to see what year two of Mark Pope's offense is going to look like. They're not going to abandon the three-point shot by any stretch, but they may not be number one in the, in the, in the country again and yet still be a very, very good and very efficient offense. Mark Pope's UVU numbers through his BYU season just showed an uptick year by year by year in offensive efficiency and in three-point proficiency, um, you know, not coincidentally. Maybe it's just and once. That's the three-point play that BYU gets. It's just the bigs laying it in and getting fouled and making a free throw. Let's finish with this, Greg. Uh, Yesterday was the 25th anniversary of the passing of Kresmir Chosich. Now, he had a, uh, you know, a three-year career at BYU. He was here four years. Freshman couldn't play. But his influence on the game is unbelievable. We're going to talk about it later in the show a little bit more, too. But what are your recollections of uh, kind of Kresmir Chosich, what you've heard, what you've read, and the impact he had on BYU and the game of basketball? Well, everything you hear is that, um, you know, b- before, you know, the wave of internationals had come to the game, um, you know, he was, you know, the forerunner, one of the true front runners in that respect and credit to BYU for being forward thinking that way. And that, uh, you know, while he wasn't, you know, Pete Maravich, he had, you know, he had the pistol peep flair. Uh, and, and for a guy of his size, how unique and remarkable it was for those who watched him to say if he could do things that, that nobody that size, you know, should normally be allowed to do. 
And, you know, you think about players like Kressmere and others of his ilk, and, and if, if, if his game had existed in a social media age, you know, just what kind of a phenom he might, you know, he might have been. And, again, the numbers he put up, he did so without that one extra year of eligibility. So that's also something to consider, just what he might have done uh, at BYU had he had played, you know, another season longer. Um, but uh, it, it's nice to hear those who did get to see him play uh, to truly bring home exactly how just different and, and one of a kind his game was, uh, you know, for BYU basketball at that time. It would have been fun to see him uh, play in person. Of course, never happened. Um, but we know enough to know how special uh, he truly was. And guys, if I could just leave you with one thing today. I have done a lot of driving uh, in this state over 30 plus years and um, uh, did, did some out-of-state driving this past holiday weekend. And if you, want, if you want an indication of just how much things are hoping or trying to get back to normal, you had to just be on the roads this past weekend. Uh, it was as crowded an I-15 as, as I've seen in my days here in this state. Uh, there are a lot of folks wanting to get back to life as close to normal as possible. And there will be rules and restrictions kind of guiding us there. Um, but truly the hunger is there and we're making the right steps and making the right paces. And, and think about it, guys, you know, we're still three months away from, from needing to play college football or getting close to that point. And, and three months is a long time. Think about three months ago. That was February 26th. <laughs> and BYU just beaten Gonzaga, getting ready to go to Pepperdine. There was nary a thought to any of what has transpired. And think of what has transpired in, in three months. A lot can happen in three months, and we've still got three months to go. Hopefully, a lot of great things will happen, just as a lot of tough things happened in this past three months. A lot can happen, and hopefully it paces the right way to let us get back to what we all you know, hope um, is our life in the fall and, and winter. I never thought I'd want to see Mario Kart on I-15 around Lehigh again, but here we are, Greg. Here we are. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a wild and busy weekend. A lot of folks out there. And again, hopefully it's, it's just a sign of, uh, of where we'll, we'll, we'll end up. Greg, well said. And uh, we're in it together. We hope on. Always nice to talk with you. Thanks so much. Great to be with you guys. Thanks. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. On BYU Radio. Good news. Professional sports are on the up and up to returning. The NHL having significant conversations about restarting their season. Of course, we've talked college sports with athletes at BYU specifically returning to their facilities on June 1st. The NBA is trying to get going by late July, according to multiple reports. Jeremy, with these recent developments, are you more optimistic that football specifically college football, 99 days from now for BYU, will start on time and that we have a full season. Yeah, I think so. I'm becoming more optimistic. I still have this question, though, and no one's able to answer this quite yet. So what's the social protocol if someone has a positive test around you, right? It's that any, if you had potential exposure to this person within 10 feet that you need to be in quarantine. That person isolates for two weeks, uh, potentially goes to the hospital if they need it, right? But those around them are quarantined for 14 days. That's my question. So let's say BYU, Utah, everyone's playing football, right? All of a sudden in week three, uh, an assistant coach tests positive. Does the whole team, because they were potentially exposed in the same room in a meeting or something, need to then quarantine for two weeks and 
then BYU forfeits those games. I don't know how that's going to work because if if that's how it's going to work, it's not going to work in my opinion. What what we're going to have to do is relax the so the the quarantine stuff. It, it's going to it would have to be. I'm not saying I'm in favor of this. I'm just saying this is how it would have to work. I think that person then so positive test. You're isolated away there. If anyone has any symptoms, don't show up. Right, that's the case now. But if yeah, fever tests and whatever. Okay, you can't show up. You can't play until you're symptom free for X days or something. Right now, we're going to have to relax that, but there is risk involved. Is everyone willing to do it? What What are the ramifications of that? That's the unanswered question at this point. So, yes, we all want it, but no one's answered the question I just brought up of, okay, what if someone tests positive? Does anyone around them have to then be at home in, in quarantine? And do the younger generation care? Are they like, oh, no, let's just keep playing. Well, in the Ozarks in Florida, they don't. Right, you just keep we've, playing. We've seen video where they're just they're just there, right? Yeah, so I'm not on the ultra conservative fence. I'm not on the ultra aggressive end. I'm somewhere in the middle. Wait, isn't that in Missouri? No, the, geographically, yes, but the Ozarks are. <laughs> that particular pool was crazy. There was a video. <laughs> yeah, there's so much gray area Ozarks here. on Netflix. And I was thinking about this. There are some people think of a nice block of. Medium cheddar cheese, okay? And it's been in the fridge for like a week. Tillamook. Pull it out, and you see a little bit of mold on it. There are some people that are like, oh, let's chop off that little piece of mold, and we're good to go. Then there are other people that are like, no, throw the whole block of cheese away. It's all contaminated. I Which kind is of, scientifically probably the case. I kind of feel like that that's the situation. Like some people are like, no, nah, just uh, cut out that little piece, and the rest is going to be just fine. Like one, a few people are sick, whatever, let's just keep playing. But then there are going to be those that are like, uh, the whole the whole thing is ruined. Like you need to get rid of the whole thing. We need to shut it down. Right. So that's the safest play. How do we get, or when do we get to the point where, because we're so desperate for sports and so desperate for college football and everything to start on time and finances and you know, the economy, that we accept the just uh, lop that little piece off and uh, we'll eat the rest of the cheese and it's going to be just fine. It's a good question because apparently you can develop symptoms and get a positive test days 2 through 14 after exposure. In fact, yeah, you could have a negative test on day 7 but a positive one on day 8 if you showed symptoms, right? So that that's where it is. Listen, we all want to play. We all, or we, we all want to see college football. But what is the risk and who is willing to take that? We don't have the answer to these questions. Are we going to relax the current physical standards associated with exposure to someone who has a positive case? That's the question that no one is answering. I don't think you can play unless you relax those. That's how I feel. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how the disease is treated and the virus is treated a couple of months from now based on desperation to just return to normal life. Because right now we're seeing signs of people just begging to get outside and do things normally. Clearly, it's all over social media right now. Yeah, it's, it's, you can go outside. It's just whether you're engaging with others in that way. You're all touching the football, you know, towels, Gatorade. It's tough, right? Excuse me, Powerhead. This is Powerhead School. Throw that Hail Mary. Swing for the fences. Dream the impossible dream. However you want to phrase it in the cliche kingdom, 
BYU basketball head coach Mark Pulp has embraced that philosophy 100% when it comes to recruiting. Whether with transfers or athletes straight out of high school, Mark Pope is certainly aiming high. It paid off with Matt Harms, Jake Toulson, Alex Barcelo, who will join us later on the show. It hasn't worked out with other high-level guys. Still, Jerem, is the swing-for-the-fences mentality of BYU hoops a positive thing? Yeah, why not? Uh, because you're going to get a Matt. What if BYU had not gone after Matt Harms? They wouldn't have Matt Harms, right? Don't you, you have get to pr- if you don't ask. Right. This is different than, say, the BYU football schedule where BYU is swinging for the fences because there's no negative repercussion for not getting a guy. You just are what you were before. But if you schedule too hard, then you have a losing record, and then you don't ever win 10 games or get ranked at the end. Da-da-da-da-da, right? Um, No, I think BYU is already signing quality players out of high school, getting certain transfers uh, to come. I I think in this analogy of swing for the fences, that implies a home run, right? I think BYU is getting singles and doubles on the reg, some triples, right? And some homers from homegrown talent. Yoli Childs, uh, Bingham, local, four-year guy, awesome. TJ Haas, Jake Toulson, those are... Those are dudes that uh, made an, a meaningful impact. Top 50 guys all time, BYU probably, right? So let's assess what the types of players that Pope and, and company have already signed since they got here uh, that have some impact, right? Matt Harms, swinging for the fences. Let's hope he's a homer, right? Uh, that'd be good. Richard Harward, low post score, presence from UVU is going to play this year. Wyatt Lowell, 6'10 shooter from UVU. Gideon George, high upside JC guy. Uh, Spencer Johnson, JC, local guy. Okay, a lot of transfers. Out of high school, Dallin Hall, best player in the state this year. Mission first guy. Tanner Toulson, Washington State Player of the Year at his level. Mission first guy. Richie Saunders, Wasatch Academy. Mission first. There's a lot of base hits in there, right? And you're going to bring in a lot of runs. I think BYU is recruiting at a high level. They're doing well. Yes, BYU didn't get, you know, a certain guy recently. Um, You're going to get a – you're not going to get every guy. Right? So swing for the fence. Absolutely. I have an issue if BYU doesn't. Here's what's good about even not getting high-level guys. You're still in the conversation. You're still being talked about on social media. You're still in the national college basketball scene. You've got podcasts and shows in L.A. and New York talking about how Mark Pope is great, and he's got such an engaging personality. And, oh, if I were that athlete, I would go to BYU. A lot of guys are saying that. And guess what? It's being heard. So whether or not BYU gets the guy all the time, they're still being noticed. They're, they're not still going to get there. the guy exactly. all the time. They will not. They're still out get there. A guy or two. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. BYU got Matt Harms. I anticipate that BYU will get somebody else before this summer dead period is over. Somebody else, I think, is coming down the pipeline, and it's going to be a good player. And it's it's going to be because Mark Pope is swinging for the fences and shooting his shots. And trying to fill out, find his, that missing ingredient into his good. roster. Absolutely. He's got the correct angle on Angry Birds. Okay? He's going for the one-shot kill of all ten pigs. Yeah. And sometimes it works out. I feel like that's a three-year-old reference, but I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Birds 2. I haven't seen it yet. Yes. <laughs> Angry I, Birds Star Wars you need to try. Yeah. You would dig that. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is the thing that BYU needs to continue to do. Because, look, BYU is a mid-major quality program with a unique setup in terms of a massive following nationally, a massive crowd capacity that we saw against Gonzaga, um, and, and ability to play at a really high level, right? The, 
like BYU and St. Mary's in terms of competition are on the same level. They are not on the same level in terms of infrastructure. It's not even close. I haven't watched St. Mary's TV recently or seen their 20,000-seat gym. You know what I mean? The resources here are unique. So BYU and the honor code is unique as well, right? It's a, it's a great fit for certain people. It's a terrible fit for a lot of people. But the people that come here uh, and, and embrace it, they love it, and they can have a meaningful, amazing experience on a national level and go do something professionally. And be seen on multiple national networks. Yes. We'd like to think that being on BYU TV is awesome. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) It is time that we play Would You Rather, presented by the aforementioned Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Would you rather... Would you rather... On BYU Sports Nation. Would you rather start the 2020 football season on time or wait until fans can attend and then start, Jerem? Uh, I would like it to play on time because I want the full season. If you wait for fans, that means perhaps you don't have the full season. I doubt that we're going to extend deep into December. It's already sort of what it is, right? After, you know, weekend before or around Labor Day, typically, and then you go through the first week of December. Championship games are the second week in December. We can't be pushing this the next week because guess what? That's when bowl games start typically. Granted, the teams playing in the championship weeks aren't in those particular bowl games. But, yeah, I I would rather play on time. Yes, that guarantees that BYU and Utah will happen on September 3rd. True. If you delay, maybe that game doesn't happen at all. Exactly. So what do you really want, BYU fans? You want that shot at Utah. You want the opportunity to end the losing streak. So I want to start on time, whether it's with one fan or with its, with its uh, 46,000 fans. I would love to see one dude. Rice Eccles. One fan just sitting there. Woo! Yeah. Go Cougs! <laughs> just one dude. <laughs> then he's, and the, they, so every cutaway for any score is the one guy. <laughs> who just, is it yeah there's just one utah fan at rice cycle stadium <laughs> section 27 it, row 21 it would be isaac wood the voice you're hearing now <laughs> that would be the one BYU fan and then you hear listen you're going to hear everything that he's yelling he or she is yelling during a game because yeah. it's so quiet unless they pump and crap now now we're on to an idea now, one thing I want to do is if, if BYU and everyone else is like, okay, there's only X amount of fans, that there's some kind of, kind of public drawing for this. And then you, the anticipation of like, to go to do I get in or not? You do season ticket holders only because they have paid for the right to be there in the first place. That's going to be really tricky. Like, what if BYU and other schools say, oh, there's, you can only do X percent capacity and you have to spread them out, da, da, da. Who gets in? How do you decide who gets in? I'm wondering how the 99 that get into uh, you know sacrament meeting right now in church, how that's going to be decided. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, am I now, now we got like a Jehovah's Witnesses sort of like number thing going on here. <laughs> who gets in and why? Wow, maybe they were right. There has to be an algorithm. We live on the base an of Silicon, algorithm, a Silicon Slopes, man. Like yeah. there are so many billion dollar businesses around here that that focus on metrics and making these calculation algorithms happen. Somebody can figure it out. Somebody can figure it out. 
I I, tr- I trust the smart people, people you, that are smarter than me. You could run a company. Someone figure this out. <laughs> that isn't me. I will delegate it because I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Like, if they're fans and it's limited, how is that determined? Yeah. Is it 18,000? And how do you determine six feet apart? And how many people can be within each family group? And How do you determine who is in a family group? You know what I mean? Maybe like, you say, hey, bring your own group at your own risk. But yeah. you have to stay six feet away from the next group. I, I don't know. I don't know. Concessions, getting into the stadium, that procession, right? Going to the bathroom. You can enter the stadium. You're way spaced down. Yeah. Uh, at, between this 10-minute period. <laughs> You know, like what? And everyone's going to be late because it's a BYU game. So, <laughs> very interesting. Watch countdown the kick. Just give football to me on time. I don't care what happens. Yeah, I'm more concerned about the game than I am the fan in the stands. I'm more concerned about second down, de- like BYU scoring in the red zone, It'll than I am broadcast. about Cougar Tales. It'll be you know broadcast. I mean? yeah. Like we will be able to watch the game somehow. Yes. Just give it to me on time. Yes. Please. Absolutely. All right. So what what ended up winning? Wow. Starting uh, yeah. time, 91%. 91% of you at vote.byutv.org wow. are, want to start on time. Yes, the thirst is real. Mm. We have been wandering in the desert of no live sports for 78 days now. Yeah. 78 I'm a, days. I'm about to collapse emotionally. At least live sports in America. I know the Korean baseball organization has changed things, but come on. That's great. Come on. Football fans. On Twitter, at Mike Sorensen32 brings us our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Definitely on time. I have been deprived of my beloved sports, especially my Cougars, for too long, and it won't be long before I'm declared insane. Yes, uh, I'm at that point. The Ringer recently wrote a piece called The NFL Search for the Next Taysom Hill is fundamentally flawed, discussing the idea that teams can find a player like Taysom Hill and Perhaps duplicate him. So, Spencer, <laughs> will Taysom Hill ever be duplicated? Have we developed the technology to duplicate Taysom Hill? <laughs> I think we should do that. Are we talking about cloning? What are the, what are the ethical ramifications? No, we're not. Taysom Hill is unique, and that is probably an undersell. Some people want to compare him to Tim Tebow, but he's faster and more athletic than Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was bigger than Taysom Hill, but he he was the Heisman Trophy winner in Florida. So they're kind of in the same ilk, but how many other guys are there like Tim Tebow and Taysom Hill out there that we've ever seen in college football utilized in all these different fashions? Taysom Hill's not Tim Tebow. Taysom Hill's good at football in the NFL. Amen. Amen. Like, Like, Tebow had this amazing run, but he didn't last. Taysom Hill is I I feel like he is just this uh the he is the pearl of great football price. Okay? They're just not a lot out there. So nice. I, know I, your audience. I like that teams are thinking about, oh, maybe we could utilize him in a Taysom Hill role. But that player is not Taysom Hill. So what are you really expecting for him? I don't know that we will ever see a player again like Taysom Hill just because he is a unique specimen. There will be roles developed like Taysom Hill's role, but Roads I don't, serve? I don't think that they will be executed as strategically well as Taysom Hill has been used with the New Orleans Saints. It's okay to be one in 10 million, and he is that guy. Like, one, it's hard to make the NFL, and within that NFL designation, is there another specific player like Taysom Hill? I don't know. We'll see the role, 
the, that role will show up on other teams. Roles. Mm-hmm. But nobody's going to do it like Taysom Hill just because he's, it's so out of the norm. No, there's not going to be another Taysom Hill. Here's why. He's 29. He's older. He went on a mission. He's married. They're expecting. He's super mature, right? He had four season-ending injuries. That has changed his mindset, the way he treats his body, the way he plays the game, his appreciation of the game, his survival tactics associated with staying healthy. He's unique in this way. No one's like him. He's super smart. He was going to go to Stanford, right? He ends up graduating from BYU. He knows the playbook really well, has a financial future as well if football doesn't work out. Um, that's awesome. Those are a few things to separate him athletically because there are other athletes like Taysom Hill. Let's not be naive. The NFL has a lot of Taysom Hill type athletes, right? But it's what he can do in a variety of ways, applying that a lot, that athleticism. That's interesting. That's the thing. His versatility. Like, does his versatility exist in all? Those if he was positions? a great, just straight up receiver, he'd play receiver. But his versatility is so valued that. He does that, right? The Ringer article mentions a few possibilities that are intriguing certain players. So Jalen Hurts, second rounder of the Eagles. I don't think Jalen Hurts is as willing, that's another attribute of Taysom Hill, to do a variety of things like that. Is Jalen Hurts going to block a punt, get in there on special teams? No. no there's, listen, I don't think Jalen Hurts should either. He was the national champ quarterback for Alabama. Like, why would you be blocking punts now? Right? Different than Taysom He's Hill. not as willing. Taysom Hill's willing. He's just happy to be there to a certain degree. And now he's driving, right? Roger Sherman highlights a guy we're familiar with, Khalil Tate, who signed with the Eagles as an undrafted free agent. Crazy athletic? What's the willingness? Can he actually do it? Lynn uh, Bowden Jr., third round of the Raiders. Of course the Raiders would take a guy like that in the third round. Running back, receiver, played a little quarterback, had a 99-yard touchdown, Faking a punt in high school. Saints drafted a dude named Tommy Stevens from Penn State, two QB system there. So, no, none of these guys are going to do what Taysom Hill does at that level. They're going to come in in a playoff game, have a meaningful impact, blocking, rushing, tight end, receiver, quarterback, <laughs> 50 yard. No, they're not. And none of those guys are going to make $21 million in a two-year contract as a backup quarterback. Well, Jalen Hurts Slash utility man. Potentially. But we'll not see. as a utility guy. Yeah, we'll see. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This week's episode of Deep Blue explores the inspiring journey of BYU defensive lineman Kairos Tonga. This segment shows the powerful influence of family, friends, and faith, eventually leading Tonga to change his life, serve a mission, and decide to play for the Cougars. Kairos has been fun to coach. He's, a, he's an awesome young man, really made strides in this last year. As a vocal leader, which, you know, if you had known Kairos before, you couldn't get two words out of him. In high school, uh, my mom, it was hard for her. There's times where she would be in a shelter and uh, we couldn't we couldn't be there. So there's times where I was just I was going back and forth, like looking for a place to stay. Like every night I didn't know where I was going to go after school. My dad was never really in the picture. It was it was hard. It was a, it was a rough time. And then um, my senior year, he was adopted by another family, and this is one of his best friend's family that took took him in. My mom, she basically asked him if they can take care of me, and that she she can't like uh, help me anymore. Uh, so that was hard for me. I, I just felt like uh, someone was giving up on me. She was gone from there. 
Going into my senior year, um, I got into some trouble. I couldn't play football. I couldn't be around anyone. Um, I was on, on house arrest. I felt like everything was just getting taken away from me. I, I learned quickly um, that blessings and disguises. I got into the church. My family helped me, like, started teaching me how to pray, started teaching me how to read the scriptures. He gone through a lot at a young age, and so the fact that he was able to embrace such a wonderful family, for the Tonga family to, to love him, and it was to show how much just loving someone and caring for someone can really change their entire life. He's a living proof of that. Finally graduated that senior year, and I was getting ready to go to Utah. And my, my pops, the, the guy that I'm with now, and we were driving, and uh, I just told my dad, like, that I think I want to serve a mission. And he just, like, stopped the car. And he's like, you want to what? I was like, I want to serve a mission. I, I didn't know what was what I was going to get myself into. But it was just something I just felt like I needed to do. That was something my wife and I always wanted him to do, was go on a mission. But at the same time, we didn't want to pressure him or force him. So I said to him, I says, well, why do you want to go on a mission? And I'll never forget what he says. He says, oh, God's watched me all my life. And the least I can do is give back two ears. And right then I knew it was sincere because all he wanted to do in his life was to play football. But now he understands that there's something more important than football. I left as soon as I got clear with my bishop. And I, and I went, and without the mission, I don't know where I would be. Um, I don't know if I'd be at Utah or get into trouble, but I'm here at BYU, and it's it's been it's been good for me. Attitude is bringing pressure. In trouble, and sacked as Tonga. The expression of gratitude is is him. He is so thankful for everything, and and can't can't express enough how much he shows his gratitude and how grateful he is to everyone when he could easily uh, complain and quit a long time ago. Slovis to the air, gets hit, and taken down for a sack by Tonga. Having Kairos as a brother um, fills in the missing puzzle piece that we never knew we had. Even though I love Utah, um, I am a Kairos Tonga fan. That is the only player I will ever cheer for. I think he just knows that we love the youth so much, so he's kind of used to it. We joke around and say um, he's a chimpo, if you guys know Mulan. The big, the biggest guy in the whole movie, but he's the most graceful, the most loving. Looking at the pictures, like our family pictures of Kairos not in it, it's kind of weird. We don't like looking at it because we always know that someone's missing. And so we don't really frame those pictures up because it's just, it's not our family. You know, there are people that God put in your path for a reason. When he used to talk about his struggles, I would think to myself, where was I? Where was I when all of this happened? And he would just look at me, he would say, Mom, it's okay. Because in a way, I, I knew if I had him earlier, he would not go through those struggles. Because I'm very protective over my children. And I love him as if 
he was naturally ours. So my heroes are, are my mom, my dad. They mean everything to me. Um, everything I am, everything I will be is because my parents. It's been a little crazy, but I wouldn't change anything, so... Kairos Tonga, Deep Blue, we told you, it's an incredible story of uh, resilience. Amazing, right? Some amazing adversities, and here he is. And we think he's got a great shot to play in the National Football League, and uh, he's an easy guy to root for. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. An All-American, a guy we've wanted on the show for a very long time, Michael Bluth, BYU Indoor Track and Field on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom. Michael, what has taken so long for you to finally join the show? To what do we owe the the honor of having you on the show today? (laughs) I don't know. I'm glad and happy to be here. How are you guys? We're, we're good. I've said I've wanted you on the show for a long time because we're Arrested Development fans. You're a good athlete. You have the name, right? So we've got to ask you, are you an Arrested Development fan? <laughs> so truth be told, I've actually only seen maybe 15 minutes. Oh! We, look, I'm going to personally connect you with some. I'll talk to compliance, make sure it's cool, to, to get you <laughs> access to this because it's awesome. But, okay, so do people... Do people quote the show to you? Do they make references that you're like, I just don't get it? Uh, all the time. All the time. They'll ask me. <laughs> There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> just like other quotes or things. One time there was, a, I was on like a, running a track meet and Flow Track was doing the broadcast and the announcer of it was like, Oh, Michael Bluth. There's always money in the banana stand. He goes on for the whole lap I'm running. He's like, Check this out, and I'm, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is this is wild. Okay, would you rather just have a name that no one connects with in any way, or do you like having this, or maybe you hate it? Well, I think actually because my name is not like Job or any of the weird ones, because Michael's the one, I think I'm actually like okay with it. Like, yes. if I was any other name, any other. Because I've heard he's like the normal one. So I'm glad, like... It's it's Will Arnett and he's a magician and he's hilarious. Yeah, I'm telling you, gotta watch it, dude. It's awesome. You gotta watch. It. It's funny. Yeah. Don't call him Job with a G. His name is Michael Bluth. He's with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, seriously, congratulations on being named an indoor uh, distance medley relay All American. When you receive an award like that, what goes through your mind? Um, so I actually found out from my other teammate, Colton Yardley, he sent me the text, Hey, we're all Americans. I was like, wow, um, exciting, but like, we didn't get to run. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's a little bittersweet, I guess, because I felt like I I earned it, but I didn't actually get to run to, to earn it in that sense. So we were there at the meet when like, all right, pack your bags, everyone's going home, meets canceled. And so we just went home. It was kind of a, uh, experience yeah anticlimactic for sure um had you run the race did you feel like you were going to win a national championship i thought we had a good chance we have a we have an incredible uh, miler taylor franco who 
he, he's he just ran sub four this year and he's an incredible athlete and all we needed to do is get him in a good position to um, be able to perform which he can do he's a, he's a baller straight up clutch and we who knows it's a, I, I don't know if there was any clear I, I I think we could have been up in the running I don't know to what extent, if anyone else was a favorite or not, but we, we definitely had a good shot at it. Walk us through that scene because uh, I believe it was Albuquerque. Is that where the NCAA championships were? Where, yeah. So you guys are there, and I think it gets shut down, what, the day before the championships begin, right? Can you recall kind of emotionally what that was like and what happened? So we, we flew down on Wednesday, and then Thursday morning we actually went out and played. We, we packed some golf clubs up, and we were golfing out, out in the morning of – of Thursday and Isaac Wood, our director of ops is, he's just getting inundated with all of these messages of like, Oh, cause all a whole bunch of conference tournaments were going on that weekend and canceled, canceled, canceled. And then that night, Thursday night, um, or actually this is Wednesday night. It was when Rudy Gobert, he, the, he had coronavirus. He tested positive for COVID 19. And then that, that's when things just started going wild. We went to the store to get some food and, People are hiking out with with uh, toilet paper and just the, there's no, there's the whole grocery store is just getting scavenged and and we're just like oh my goodness and then Thursday we were at the meet we went to do like a warm up like a, just a prep for the day of the meet and they come on over the intercom like all right meet's canceled uh, pack your bags get going and it was it was pretty pretty sad for. A lot of individuals who were there, uh, seniors who were coming up to kind of like perform. And there were some individuals who, you know, you know who they are, Tyler Day from NAU and others. That it, it was pretty sad for them. You could tell that this was an opportunity to perform. And we were right there. And it, it didn't get to happen. So Unreal. They announced it officially over the loudspeaker? Yeah. Well, so we, we kind of we kind of received it through like Isaac from, I think he got it from our athletic director um, either Tom or Liz and he kind of told us and then we went in just to like be there and then they announced over like hey if you haven't heard we're we're canceled so sorry <laughs> and I have I fortunately I have one more year to be able to perform but for a lot of people this is this, this was their last shot to to do something yeah, that's that's really hard. And we've chronicled, uh, at least for the outdoor season, there's extra eligibility as a spring sport, but the winter sport of indoor. And let's talk about that. You 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 were the MPSF champ in the 400, I think, right? You're on the DMR. Let's talk about your career and where you've thrived and where you think you're going. All right, what, what would you like to know? I mean, I've, I'm, I'm a 400-meter runner. I actually, for the DMR, I had to... Um, step up and go a pay grade higher, I guess. I ran the 800-meter leg for the DMR, um, which is way too much to ask for a 400-meter runner, in my opinion. I, I run two <laughs> laps. The so 200-meter track is once, twice. And then when I had to run the DMR, it was four laps, and I lost count. It's not that many. But, <laughs> but I'm going, I'm like, one, two. All right, was that the second or the third? And, like, when do I kick? And, like, I'm just holding on for dear life. And then I have to, like try and get the shape, try to get the stick to, to tail him for the last part. And I'm just like, this is way too many. And, and so I, I eventually got it to him in, in a good spot and he was able to win. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's so far what I've been doing. And this next year, I, I'll be sticking to the four. I'll help out in the eight if I need to, but we'll see what happens. That's hilarious. 
That's hilarious. It's not as easy as you think, right? We need Ed Eistone to coach uh, his athletes up on how many laps they're supposed to run. Well, man. he's a 400 guy <laughs> doing 800. I mean, come on. Michael Bluth with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, what is your life like right now uh, with no outdoor season? And uh, what's your typical day like training? So, um, school, uh, school obviously was, was an interesting um, piece to go through because we're all online and I would actually go to the Tanner because there's better Wi-Fi connection and I'd be there and I'd go through some of my classes and finish up. But once school got out, like I was, uh, I was faced with that dilemma of not having anything until June because I have an internship in June. And so I, I, I offered up for two more classes during spring and then our coach sends out, um, workouts that we don't have to do. They're just completely, um, voluntary and and we i get together some of the other guys and we just do workouts at the provo high school uh where that that one's open because none of the other facilities are open and we try and do some of these funnies because i i don't have any i usually we do a lot of lifting and weights and i don't have access to some of those and so we're doing some funny weird like jumps and squats while we're out there and people are looking at us kind of weird but (laughs) that's that's how it goes as of right now so Michael, it's great to talk with you, man. Uh, finally you, have you on the show. Tell your dad hi for me. Semi- he was one of my <laughs> seminary you. teachers in high school. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, cool, con- you. you bet. Congratulations again on the All-American Awards. Sanitize the batons, and we'll uh, see you soon. All right. Thank you. Michael Thanks. Bluth on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Listen, I like that guy. I've wanted him on forever. There's money in the banana sand. He's got to watch the he needs, show. He needs to watch the show. It's hard to keep track of the laps. That's, that's funny. I love that. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday, a 2020 school year-end special. This is how we do it. May 29th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton alongside a man who certainly appreciates the value of a Velvet Tux, Jerem Jordan. It's the 2020 Y Awards, baby. We're going to celebrate the past year in Cougar sports with style. Suit up for something special, and it's only fitting that we're donning formal wear as we roll out the blue carpet to some of the unforgettable highlights over the last athletic calendar year. Back with a vengeance, back on the grinds, back to the business. Hey, God is my witness, they watching my moves, I shows they binging. Hey, best keep distance, all of my haters send best of wishes. I get to the bag with the quickness, no, I don't need no assistance. No. Yeah, no playing it safe. I said, let's get it, you say not today. What can I say? You ain't gonna go for it, get out the way. Got no time to waste. Can't be with me if you're not at my pace. You're not at my level. You're not at my race. My foot on the gas. I'm catching the grace. Dancing with the devil. There's no recital. I'm killing competition. Ain't no revival. I shoot it to kill it. I'm aiming for vitals. I'm showing no mercy when facing my rivals. I'm facing the crash. They're getting exposed. I know they be lurking. I'm watching them close. Acting like friends, but really they foes. So they be scheming and said adios. These are the Y Awards on BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Now from Studio B, in tuxedos, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. 
The 2020 Y Awards are now officially open. This BYU Sports Nation special presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Looking sharp, my friend. Thank you, you too. And a big thanks to DC Tuxedos for the nice threads. The, the Y Awards uh, yearly event thrown by BYU Athletics. We've been involved the last, I think this is our fifth year in row hosting. It's always super fun. BYU Sports have amazing athletes, amazing teams, and this year is certainly different with COVID-19 changing everything. So here we go. An hour's worth of awesome for the 2020 Wild World. Much to do, not a lot of time. So time to rise and shout for our first award category of the show, Male Athlete of the Year. Lots of good ones. Let's go. The nominees are, first, Yoli Childs, men's basketball. BYU's all-time leading rebounder, fifth in blocks, sixth in points in Cougar Hoops history, all-West Coast Conference, a finalist for the Carl Malone Power Forward of the Year, and helped BYU to a 24-8 record and number 18 final national ranking. Thank goodness he came back for his senior year. How about Jackson Clough, BYU baseball and all-region selection and two-time national player of the week? who led the Batcats in runs scored, runs batted in, doubles, and stolen bases. Clough helped BYU to a WCC regular season title, top 25 ranking, and was selected in the sixth round of the 2019 Major League Baseball draft by the Washington Nationals. World Series champs, man. Peter Quest, golf ranked number one golfer in the fall. He even has the nickname Peter Quest for perfection. He was a Fred Haskins and Ben Hogan Award nominee, won three tournaments, finished with a 69.4 stroke average, the best by a BYU golfer in at least 25 years. He helped BYU to six top three finishes on the year. Connor Mance, cross country. This BYU All-American won the WCC Individual Championship and finished third at the NCAA Championships. Mance played a huge role in BYU's team national title run. No pun intended, of course. Nice. And Clayton Young, track and field national champion in the 10,000 meters. He finished sixth as well in the 5K, earning first-team All-American honors. And he helped BYU men finish eighth at the 2019 NCAA Outdoor National Championships. What a strong field. No question. Loaded. And the winner is Clayton Young who joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Clayton, congratulations on winning Male Athlete of the Year in the 2020 Y Awards. Where will you put this award as it relates to the proximity of your national championship medal? Honestly, uh, that's probably going right next to it. This is a big award uh, coming from the BYU Cougar Nation. What does this mean to win this? It was a loaded field. You win a national championship. Uh, What does this mean to you? Yeah, this is uh, really quite an honor. I mean, thinking about the other athletes that I just barely learned about that are, were part of this nomination and uh, also being part of the loaded NCAA field, um, especially among great teammates uh, that were also vying for the title. I think it's, it's a big honor to be a, amongst such big names. And then I also think about my coach, Stone and how he uh, won it back in the day and how I could be up there with him. Clayton, I know you value the ability of your teammates specifically. I mean, this was an incredible race that you won a national championship in in the 10K, six different BYU runners. So I know it's one thing to beat everybody in the field, but what what was it like to be the best of your teammates who you uh, hold in such high regard? Yeah, that's something that I've kind of had to reconcile, honestly. Um, Just such great talent on our team that's really kind of brought us all to a higher level. Uh, really, it just happened to be my day. Um, I think about, you know, what is to come, though, that a lot of those guys that were of the six that made it were also underclassmen. And so it just buys really good for the future of BYU athletics, uh, both on the track and as we saw in cross country. 
I think that was really, really neat to see. Do you feel like there was momentum from that race and the outdoor track and field championships that led to what happened with the uh, men's team winning the national championship later that fall? Absolutely. I mean, uh, yes, Connor McMillan and I graduated, uh, but we have been heavily involved with the team as professional athletes, just kind of helping them out. And uh, I think Connor Mance taking third place or fourth place at NCAAs in track definitely gave him the fire that he needed to be able to lead the team uh, to get the title, the team title um, in cross country. And I know that he was probably vying for that individual title in cross country, and I know he'll get it. Uh, but I think that really inspired everybody. Uh, you know, if Mance can work this hard and put so much on the line and give so much to this team, uh, I think all of us can. Clayton, what's next for you in your running career? Yeah, good question. Um, since winning the NCAA 10K, uh, I've gone pro. I'm a professional athlete for ASICS, and I train with a couple of BYU alumni, uh, my teammate Connor McMillan, as well as Jared Ward. Um, and uh, we just recently finished up uh, competing at the Olympic trials for the marathon. Um, I went into it pretty injured, so it honestly didn't go too well. But uh, with the Olympics being postponed to 2021, I get another shot at qualifying on the track in the 10K. And so that'll be happening uh, this coming June 2021. 2021. Best of luck there. And uh, congratulations again on a very well-deserved Male Athlete of the Year Y Award. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And uh, thanks for Cougar Nation and go Cougs. Clayton Young on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how our male athlete of the year. Listen, that was a loaded field. He had to win a national championship to win, and he did. And that was a loaded uh, field in the final. Six Cougars, a record in the final from BYU. And he's exactly right. That led to the national championship later. That was awesome. It's good to be the best. I like champions. Now, still to come, our female athlete of the year. But first, an ode to youth, Jerem, with our female rookie of the year. And the nominees are... Anissa Alvarado, BYU Gymnastics. She scored a career-high 9.825 twice on the uneven bars, including a pivotal performance on bars in a win over nationally-ranked Nebraska. Alvarado helped BYU to their first-ever Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference title and a number 16 national ranking. Whitney Bauer, women's volleyball. The setter was first team on West Coast Conference, honorable mention All-American. She reclassified, didn't have a senior year in high school. She played her freshman year with her sister Morgan, and she was awesome. She was 17 when the season started. Helped BYU to a 26-5 and record, number 17 final national ranking. Finished in the top 10 in seven BYU freshman record categories. The daughters are the best athletes in the family. Hi, Danny. <laughs> Anastasia Davis, cross country. The WCC freshman of the year finished eighth at the West Coast Conference Championships and qualified for the NCAA Championships. Davis more than did her part in BYU's second-place team finish at the NCAA Finals, first-place region finish, and another conference title. And Katie McBratney, swimmer, MPSF Freshman of the Year, all-conference in four different events, conference champion the 200 and 400 individual medley, helped BYU finish third at the MPSF Championships. And the Y Award for Female Rookie of the Year goes to... Whitney Bauer, what a season for the freshman BYU volleyball star. She's the daughter of Danny and Caroline Bauer. Caroline was an outside hitter at BYU. Danny was on the men's basketball team. You mentioned the sisters. Whitney and Morgan played together. They're both freshmen. And uh, they're one of, or two of seven sisters. How about that? So this is a volleyball family, an athletic family. 
And it's one thing to come in and be a part of the program. It's another to be 17 and set a top 10 team, top 20 team. And that's what Whitney did. She was fantastic. It was fun to watch her progression uh, from the beginning of the season where everything is really overwhelming and the lights are extra bright to see her settle down. And, yeah, she's no longer a freshman. Well-deserved rookie of the year. She's still 18. (laughs) <laughs> going into her summer, yeah, like she's extra young. She reminds me of kind of what Jamal Williams did as a freshman with football back in 2012. Major impact right away. Super bright future for BYU with Whitney Bauer at center. Yeah, great things ahead for the Bauer sisters. We now walk on, figuratively speaking, to our walk-on of the year in the 2020 Y Awards and begin the nominees with Blake Ellis of Track and Field. The All-America Honorable Mention in the Outdoor 4x400 Relay finished third at the MPSF Indoor Championships in the Distance Medley Relay and helped BYU to an MPSF Indoor Championship before placing eighth at the NCAA Outdoor Championships. You follow all of that? That's a lot of running for Blake Ellis. Brianna Pearson, Gymnastics. A four-year walk-on, member of SAC, and influential person in the BYU athletics community. Competed in every event uh, meet on the floor. Season high, 9.875 at the best of Utah meet against Boise State. Helped BYU and against Boise State. Helped BYU win the conference title. And number 16 national ranking, part of a very good gymnastics team this year. Justin Sterner of BYU Baseball. All he did was lead the Cougars with an 8-3 and three record, including 71 strikeouts over 15 appearances. Sterner pitched on a staff that led BYU to a WCC regular season title and another top 25 ranking. His 2.92 ERA also factored into BYU's, get this, lowest team ERA in 35 years. It's been a while, as in BYU football won a national championship the last time BYU pitching was that good, Jerem. Those are the nominees. And the winner for walk-on of the year goes to Justin Sterner of baseball. You just said it, Spencer. What a season from Justin. He was very, very composed on the mound. You need a guy that you know is going to go hopefully six, seven innings. Sterner did that a lot, eight and three. And you talk about baseball in 2019 season last year. This is an era of a ton of hits. It, it's, not, it's not the era of the pitcher. It's the era of the hitter. But here's a guy that was very consistent on the mound and a guy that Mike Littlewood could trust day in and day out. Hard not to root a little bit extra hard for the walk-ons, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I relate more to the walk-ons than the scholarship guys, right? I was an academic walk-on at BYU. But, yeah. <laughs> so Justin Cerner, congratulations. Are you the very academic uh, walk-on Y Award winner no. co-host of no. BYU Sports Nation? Whatever it is, I am not. No, <laughs> this is about them, not me. Congratulations to Justin, for real. Yeah. On to the Y Award for assistant Coach of the Year. We're covering pretty much everything. We're not messing around here. Let's just get right to the winner. Right to the who winner. is Brent Anderson of BYU Women's Soccer. Hard to argue with what that guy has done underneath Jen Rockwood uh, in that position, helping BYU to another Elite Eight. Oh, how about the season? BYU is undefeated going into the postseason. The only loss happens in the last game in the Elite Eight at Stanford. Stanford was so good. Brent Anderson came over from... Utah Valley, after several years, he's been an incredible addition. This is an amazing program, and it takes great coaching with great players to have a great team. And here, Brent Anderson, along with Steve Magleby and Jennifer Rockwood and that staff, tremendous performance. What a season from women's soccer. More on them coming up uh, in the conversation as well. What we don't have time to show you in regards to Brent is how swaggy he is. That dude oh, has yeah, some yeah. serious swag. The pregame convos with Brent yes. are like, I'm not as well-dressed as this man. Although today we got you, Brent. 
Okay, coming up, male crowd pleaser of the year. Plus, our female athlete of the year features a wildly talented group of nominees. Don't go anywhere. The Y Awards continue on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to the 2020 Y Awards on BYU Sports Nation. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, and we present our next Y Award. Told you we're not messing around. It is the Female Athlete of the Year. Okay, here are the nominees. Let's go. Michaela Coulihan, soccer, 16 goals, 7 assists. What a season in helping BYU to its third ever Elite Eight, a West Coast Conference championship, 21-1 and on the season. Man, they were undefeated until the final game. Number five national rank, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, women's soccer team of all time. Give it up for McKenna Miller of women's volleyball, an All-American and West Coast Conference Player of the Year. She finished 11th in program history in career kills. Hard not to wonder where she'd be on that list if she didn't have to sit out a good part of her junior season with an injury. McKenna also played a major part in BYU's 26-5 and record and number 17 final national ranking. Whitney Orton, cross-country and track, 2019 All-American, West Coast Conference cross-country champ, broke the indoor 3,000, 5,000 in DMR school records. Wow. Helped BYU to second place at the 2019 NCAA cross-country championships and, of course, won a WCC title. And the winner is Whitney Orton. Congratulations to the 2020 Y Awards Female Athlete of the Year who joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Whitney, wow. Uh, Props to you on winning Female Athlete of the Year. This, again, was a loaded field. How does it feel to be on top at BYU? It definitely feels really good. I was not expecting this. I really wasn't, and it really is just an honor. So I'm grateful. (laughs) There were some really, really good nominees in this, and it was another amazing year on, on the uh, female side of athletics at BYU. What does it mean to win uh, among your peers that were excellent as well? Uh, it was just an honor, honest, honestly. Um, yeah, I, they're all very, very incredible athletes, and not, not only those girls, but all the athletes. I don't know. I'm just very, very grateful. <laughs> so, Whitney, I know it's hard to summarize an entire season in just a, a few words and a few minutes for that matter, but how would you wrap up verbally what was accomplished in both cross-country and indoor track? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of it was just momentum and consistency and a lot. I don't know. Our cross-country season was really an exciting thing and then just to build on that for indoor was I don't know it was a good thing to build off of so I don't know can you describe the hunger that you guys still have to get to the top because it was an amazing performance taking second in nationals certainly one more spot right to go there and then obviously next door uh, next year in indoor and of course outdoor you didn't have an outdoor season this year but next year you're looking at hoping to uh, accomplish great things there as well Yeah, um, definitely, especially losing the last most important meet of indoor definitely, I think, gives everybody some hunger for that because that was the big, the big meet and we didn't get to do it. So now we have our eye, like we have our sights set on cross country and I think we're all going to be 
really fired up and ready to go. So, Whitney, ever humble, uh, ever hardworking. Congratulations again on being the female athlete of the year. Outstanding. Thank you. Whitney Orton on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how the pride of Penguich, Utah. Again, a loaded lineup of amazing female athletes, and what a banner year for the runners. Uh, they, they were so good this year. Um, but soccer and volleyball and swim and that, there's a lot, basketball, there's a lot of great athletes. Every We realize this covering BYU Athletics every day on the show, but when we do the Y Awards, it all stacks up into one and we go, Oh, my gosh. BYU's really good at the sports. Obviously, a lot of people focus on football and basketball, but there are some amazing athletes all over this place. And that showed itself in the Learfield Cup standings. Yes. And specifically, there's something to be said about the excellence and consistent excellence of the women's sports at BYU. I would argue that the female part of BYU athletics is better than the male part right now. We could have a fun discussion there, but the point is that there are really good athletics at BYU and uh, excited about the future as BYU continues to reload all over the place. All right. If we have to continue to award the guys, I guess we'll move on to the Fine. next category. All Fine. right. Our next Y Award presentation brings on Male Rookie of the Year. And the nominees are, first, Blake Freeland of BYU Football, part of an offensive line ranked 12th nationally by Pro Football Focus. He started seven games at right tackle as a true freshman, going 5-2 and two in those games. Helped BYU finish with a winning record and reach another bowl game. He's a former quarterback a couple years ago. How does that work to go to right tackle? Davide Gardini, volleyball, going back to the 2019 season. He was the MPSF freshman of the year, almost the national newcomer of the year as well. Second on the team in kills, digs, and aces. 6'9", amazing hair, amazing plays for a great team. Yeah, he's also the only guy that's ever had a behind-the-head kill. <laughs> okay, Reed McLaughlin of BYU Baseball, freshman All-American, had a 7-1 record as the pitcher of record and four saves, becoming the first Bat-cat pitcher to have at least seven wins and four saves in the same season. He helped BYU win the WCC regular season title. And again, they're ranking in the top 25. To be 7-1 and one as a reliever is wild. And Zach McHorter, track and field, finished third at the MPSF Indoor Championships in the pole vault, second in program history, and seventh in the nation this year with a mark of 5-6-1, helped BYU win the MPSF Indoor Championship. And the 2020 Y Award for Male Rookie of the Year goes to Davide Gardini. He is one of the most likable athletes in the history of BYU sports. Oh, he is so awesome. And as soon as he got here, I thought, who is this 6'9 Italian dude? He has been nothing but amazing. Fun guy to hang out with. Obviously a big-time player. Now, the Y Awards are March to March. So the focus for men's volleyball specifically is on last year. Next year, the 2020 season will be honored. So that's why Gardini is a rookie. But this team... In 2020, took oh, it up a notch. Wow. Yeah. They were 13 and 12 last year. Gardini ends up winning national a national award for best outside hitter, period. So this guy has taken the leap from an amazing freshman to an amazing player among everybody. Yeah, good news. He's going to be around Provo for a little bit longer. <laughs> yes, son of Andrea Gardini. He's an Italian legend, and uh, we've seen some trick shots from Davide in Italy. Dude can hoop a little bit too. He's gone viral in a few ways with actual volleyball plays, yeah. and uh, now. Uh, Shooting some hoop as well. Yeah, love Davide. Very excited about his future. Okay, up next, we have the award for Comeback Athlete of the Year. Our first nominee is Danny Carney of Cross Country. 
Here's a guy that was injured and missed the entire 2018 season due to a stress fracture in his hip. Then he's an All-American. After taking 17th at the 2019 NCAA Championships, he helped BYU win that 2019 national title. Big time. Kramer Epic, track and field. Had a torn UCL, had Tommy John surgery. Then, later, finishes 24th in the Javelin at NCAA Regionals. He's a member of the team that finished 8th at the 2019 NCAA Outdoor Championships. McKenna Miller mentioned for a second time as a nominee of women's volleyball. She returned back to the court nine months after tearing her ACL, earned All-America and WCC Player of the Year honors, led BYU to a 26-5 record and a second-round appearance in the NCAA tournament. And last but not least, Arissa Paulson softball sustained a shoulder and arm injury, had surgery midway through the 2018 season. In 2019, becomes an all-region pitcher, WCC Pitcher of the Year, and helps BYU win the WCC Championship and reach the NCAA Tournament. And the winner is, for our Comeback Athlete of the Year, it is McKenna Miller. And a well-deserved comeback performance for her. I can't tell you how devastated she was to not be a part of that crazy final four run when she sustained that injury kind of makes she you wonder was, she just couldn't play later kind of makes you wonder yeah. what if what if she's there doesn't make a difference against stanford but what a season and and she comes back the uh, this past fall after the final four and she's an all-american again we just assume that a player is going to get back to the level they were at or better it takes a lot of hard work for these athletes to maintain health let alone recover from serious injuries Terry ACL and perform at a all-American level. That is very, very notable. And uh, she she told us there were a lot of days, a lot of tears uh, going through rehab, but it was worth it because we got to watch her play on another really good women's volleyball team. I'm gonna miss calling those uh, epic kill shots from MC Hammer. Oh yeah, she's awesome. Was that the what was her grandpa's nickname for her? Yeah, that, that was it. MC Hammer. MC Hammer. That she's like, why'd you tell them to sit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, we'd like to give an honorable mention to Brenna Porter, track and field. She slashed her leg open during the NCAA regionals in 2017 and finished that race. Harrowing, crazy visuals from that. She recovered and has been a fantastic runner the past three seasons, including becoming an All-American and school record holder in the 400-meter hurdles. She helped the outdoor team finish 25th at the NCAA championships in 2019. That was a wild story. She ends up having an amazing career. And Brenda Porter should uh, get a little extra love, which we're giving her right now. Yeah, you know, I think I have a pretty good pulse on the beat of BYU athletics. But every time we do the Y Awards, I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. There, that was crazy. That, that happened, too. And yes. she was awesome. And he was incredible. Yes. It's, it's fun to look back on all of the accomplishments and remember uh, those moments where, uh, you know, it, you just, it just becomes almost bigger than sports as it was in the uh, Brenda Porter situation you just described. Yes, and trust me, we're not hitting, sitting here having to go to the weight room and work all summer. and You know what I mean? We just get to watch and enjoy and talk about it. So congratulations to all the nominees and all the winners so far. But there's much more coming up, including the men's team of the year. Uh, and not to be outdone, we've been talking about women's athletics. The women's team of the year has a loaded, loaded field as well. This is the Y Awards on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to the 2020 Y Awards live on BYU Sports Nation, BYU TV, BYU Radio. We're a worldwide production, people. Spencer Linton here teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Let's keep it rolling, my friend, with the presentation of the 2020 Women's Team of the Year. Let's get right to it. And the award goes to cross country and soccer. Co-winners. Congratulations to both. Let's talk about cross country for a second. 
They were a program that took seventh in 2019. They were the national runners-up this last season. They take second, and they're second barely. They are barely second. Uh, Courtney Wayman, Erica Burke-Jarvis, Whitney Orton finished five, six, seven, named All-Americans for being top 40, but they are running and finishing in together. Uh, a famous uh, visual of the five of them finishing together in WCC championships as well. And again, a banner year for the runners. This has been... Uh, I, I would argue perhaps the greatest season in BYU cross country slash track history. Oh yeah, I mean the men win the national championship. The women, as you just pointed out, are literally combined seconds away from making it a clean sweep for BYU. That is unbelievable. And yes, it, I remember us profiling. Hey, the women finished in the top ten. It's been a while. They they've had like this steady rise under Diljeet Taylor. And now they're a national championship contender. And it's a program that won three titles in the late 90s, early 2000s. So they have uh, risen to that level again, which is awesome. This, this is a school of many tremendous athletic programs. It is also a running school. Like, this is an excellent distance running school. Absolutely. Let's give them the mic. Here's Women's Cross Country to offer some insight on what it means to receive this award. We're grateful to have received the Women's Team of the Year Award. Um, we spent a lot of time working hard this fall to have placed second at Nationals. Um, we're grateful for all the support that BYU has given us. Um, we're just grateful to have had the opportunity. And go Cougs. Hi, thank you so much. Go Cougs. Hi, thanks so much. Hope you guys are staying healthy and safe. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. <laughs> thank you so much. We're really grateful. Thank you so much. Go Cougs. Thanks, everyone. Go Cougs. Woo! <laughs> Congratulations to Women's Cross Country and the other co-winner of Team of the Year. Women's soccer, we talked about it. One loss all year. You called the majority of these games. I got in on a couple. Man, they were fun to watch. They scored 10 goals in an NCAA tournament game against Boise State, right, or something. They, they beat, uh, you know, go through the likes of everybody, win the WCC. Uh, CC, they go to the NCAA championship. Scored like a billion goals. They sco- yeah, school records everywhere, <laughs> All-Americans. They were so good. They were so good. It was an amazing team. Very fun to watch this. And any night, we expected something unbelievable. Yes, and you know, it's hard for me not to wonder, if BYU doesn't get placed in a bracket with Stanford, yes. the eventual dominant national champion, the Cougars probably make their first ever run to the Final Four. Yes, and that's a thing they've been hoping for and dreaming of. And they, it's more regional than, say, men's basketball and that bracketing. Uh, so, yeah, go to Stanford. Stanford was unbelievable. Like, both, an amazing match, it's right? the BYU American Junior Olympic National Team. <laughs> Essentially. They're really good. So, congratulations to uh, Cross Country. Let's hear what the ladies have to say about winning this award. On behalf of the women's soccer team for this past year, we um, want to thank you for this honor. Uh, it's a tremendous honor to be named as one of the teams of the year. Um, watching BYU athletics has been fantastic this year with so many success stories. Uh, certainly one of the best seasons we've ever had. Um, had an amazing, uh, fun time uh, throughout the entire season. All right, well, I just wanted to take a second and echo kind of what Jen said and thank um, Everyone, for all the support that you guys gave BYU soccer this season, I just am super grateful that to be a part of this team and honored that we got this award. And congrats to all the other sports teams that were able to finish their season strong. And I wish you guys the best of luck next year. Um, great, um, great team this year. Great memorable, memorable experiences. Um, thanks to our coaches for um, pushing us super hard and helping us reach our goals. Um, thanks to the administration for believing in us. 
Um, and thank you to Cougar Nation for um, coming out to support us um, and being our biggest fans. So we love all you guys um, and go Cougs. What a year. Third Elite Eight in program history, only one loss. Very special season, absolutely. And another shout-out to Jen Rockwood because she's always been so good about hooking us up with BYU soccer. Yeah, she gives us stuff. So we like. <laughs> you get a Y Award for that. She's <laughs> off the cuff. Uh, up next, we have the 2020 Y Award for Male Crowd Pleaser of the Year. And fittingly, Jerem, uh, the nominees are led off by this guy. Let's go. Zach Selyus, the mustache, <laughs> the haircut, the short shorts. He averaged 6.6 points and four rebounds a game, had 27 assists, 25 steals. He had 21 points in a game. He had 11 rebounds in another game. He had five uh, games of making at least three threes. He was a part of a special men's basketball season, 24-8, and eight, number 14 final national ranking. If you needed him to flex, if you needed yes. him to block a shot, he was there for you. Flex on him with the stash, Zach. <laughs> Micah Simon of BYU football. He started every game in his senior season, leading the Cougars with 51 catches, had a career-high seven receptions at Tennessee, including that 64-yard unforgettable moment to tie or set up the game-tying field goal in the fourth quarter at Rocky Top. Micah helped BYU back to another bowl game. So fun to watch Micah. Don't call him Mika Simmons excel in his senior year and happy 23rd birthday yesterday by the way that's right and gabby garcia fernandez volleyball 2019 he had 32 aces led the team with 390 kills and was a second team all-american in addition to being all mpsf again men's volleyball uses 2019 in this he ends up in 2020 winning the abca national player of the year spoiler alert uh he was really really good there are some people that are so good that it's almost unfair he's one of those guys he's an elite Level yes. player. He, Absolutely. He's unfairly good. And yeah. the 2020 Y Award for Male Crowd Pleaser of the Year goes to, you guessed it, Gabi Garcia Fernandez. Jerem, he's all over the record books. The guy probably ran away with this, leading BYU to a number one ranking, and I think would have been an eventual national championship. And I think if you took this uh, nomination literally, you said, yeah, who pleases the crowd the most? When Gabi Garcia Fernandez gets a massive kill like that one, or he goes back on the service line, how much volume is he generating from fr- friends in the stance, Cougar Nation? I-, I would argue that, yes, he is the winner of this because he is unbelievable. And next year, BYU is going to win a national championship Go! at his hands, I believe. So I-, I am very excited about the future there. And all these guys were fun. It takes the alpha male Gabi Garcia Fernandez to win. It also takes the Zach Selyus role players committed to the team, doing the dirty work, guys, as well. It, it, to have a great team, you have to have all these different kind of players, and that's reflected in these nominees. So I have a funny story about Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. Uh, when he was here and his dad was here and they were going through a tour of the BYU facilities, uh, my dad, Kent, was uh, being honored as a true blue hero, and Johnny Linehan and the kicking uh, staff for the BYU football team said, hey, Kent, come over here and kick a football. So my dad kicks it, and while Sean Olmstead is giving the tour to Gobby's dad, Sean gets hit in the back of the head by the football my dad <laughs> kicked. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've got a funny connection with the uh, Fernandez family. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> he still came to BYU, luckily. And he still came to the school. Yeah. Yeah. And Sean's still coming on the show. Okay, now to the Lou Wallace and Ed Stein Outstanding Senior Awards. The Lou Wallace Award goes to... Elise Flake of soccer. Yeah. All-American first team, all-WCC first team, a Herman Trophy semifinalist. Led the team with 20 goals, becoming just the second BYU player to score 20 in a season. Helped BYU to the Elite Eight, the WCC Championship, 
in a number five national ranking, 3.5 GPA, by the way, family life. She was amazing. A 20-goal season is very special. Every night we thought she's going to score at least one. Yes. At least one. She's so soft-spoken, too. You know, so you talk to her off camera, she's like, yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> and then she gets on the field, and she's just an absolute monster. Aggressive, oh. getting after it, yeah. Flip the switch. Yep. I and, love it. And she got married, I believe, uh, recently. So congratulations to Elise as well. All right. Okay, we move on to the Ed Stein Award. And the Ed Stein Award goes to Brock Hale Baseball. WCC Player of the Year in 2019, all-region selection. Led the team with a 330 batting average, 67 hits, 14 doubles, 11 homers. He helped BYU win the WCC regular season title and rank in the top 25. Unfortunately, Brock was never drafted. We were always confused as to why this didn't happen because he was a tremendous player, uh, but he's moved on. It was a ton of fun to watch Brock play baseball at BYU because they took they, they leveled up when Brock was here. Yes, he was definitely good enough to be a professional baseball player. Let me oh, put my tinfoil hat on. There's some sort of conspiracy going yeah, on in, there. In our super biased opinion, <laughs> we think this. Next up, the Liana Holbrook and Dale R. McCann Spirit of Sport Awards given to athletes whose participation best exemplifies the true spirit of sport in athletics and life. So congratulations, first of all, to the Liana Holbrook winner, Sabrina Davis of BYU Women's Soccer. We heard from her as the women's team accepted an award already. 2019 All-Region second-teamer allowed just 15 goals all season, 14 shutouts over 23 games, and helped BYU to that remarkable quarterfinal run, WCC title, and a number 5 final national ranking. Well done, Sabrina. And the Del R. McCann winner is... T.J. Haas, men's basketball, all-WCC first-team player, academic All-American, second in assists, third in three-pointers, seventh in scoring, eighth in steals all-time at BYU. We could go on. Helped BYU to a 24-8 record, a number 18 final national ranking. Would have loved to see T.J. play in the NCAA tournament. Don't get me started. And and a note on Sabrina Davis, by the way. She tore her, what, groin or something Yes, midway through the year. She couldn't kick the ball down the field all the way. The opponents didn't really know it. She, at times, still was doing that. Played through the pain. She played through that in her senior season on the Elite Eight team. How about that? That's amazing. Okay, now the Floyd Johnson Service Award. Congrats to Michaela Kazir of Swim and Dive. Serves on the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, or SAC. Participated in multiple Cougar Strong events, visiting elementary schools. Sub for Santa, Feed the Homeless, Sports Hero Day, SNAP, that special needs program, Stitching Hearts, Honor Week Assembly, various projects to aid refugees. She was all over it. Uh, And and congratulations, Floyd Johnson, longtime equipment manager here, a guy who was all about service as well. Yeah, I wish we had more time to uh, adequately talk about how amazing all of these award winners are. But we push on to the Cougar Club Memorial Award given to the outstanding junior male and female athletes with high scholarly achievements. On the ladies' side, Kennedy Eschenberg of BYU Women's Volleyball, an elementary education major, 3.83 GPA, all-region honorable mention, all-WCC first team, academic all-district, big part of BYU finishing in the top 20 in the nation and reaching the NCAA second round. It's one thing to be a great athlete. It's another thing to be a great athlete and a great student. Absolutely. And for the men, Matt Owens of Cross Country. 
exercise and wellness major, 3.96 GPA, took third in the mile at the MPSF championships and ran a leg of the distance medley relay that qualified for nationals and indoor track, helped his team to an MPSF title and get set for a solid showing at nationals before it was ultimately canceled. Congratulations to all of those winners. Coming up, the coach of the year. Plus, the 2020 Men's Team of the Year is honored on the Y Awards, part of a live BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I love the music so much. Welcome back. Trumpet solo. To the BYUSN presentation of the 2020 Y Awards. Up next, let's get to another big one. The Y Award Men's Team of the Year. And it goes to cross country. It's the year of the runner. It really is. Cross country wins. They won the national championship. To me, there were a lot of great nominees for this. But when you win the national championship, you win the Y Award. Yeah, hard to argue against the first national championship for men's cross country. Uh, And this was a big one for athletic director Tom Homo. They're the first national championship team he has uh, had the privilege of watching uh, in his tenure here. Outstanding stuff. They were they were amazing, and they absolutely deserve this award. Oh, men's cross country on the mic for their acceptance speech now. It's an honor to be a spokesperson for the team. So I just wanted to give a, some shout-outs to some people. First off, being this team, uh, it's an amazing group of guys. No one really thought that we would be able to accomplish what we did this year. Uh, we've got a bunch of guys that weren't heavily recruited or had to walk onto the team. And uh, at the end of the season, we were given maximum of 4% chance to win the national championship. And uh, what those people didn't know were the heart and grit that all the guys on this team have. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the guys on this team and to uh, the guys of past teams and to Coach Stone for being the best coach in the NCAA. And uh, a bigger shout out for to just to BYU in general and the athletic department and the administration who takes such great care of us and gets us to the best meets in the country. Go Cougs! All right! (laughs) Well done, guys. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's win the whole thing this next year. Uh, I'm for that. 4% this. National champions. On to the next Y Award for Female Crowd Pleaser of the Year. And the first nominee is from BYU Women's Soccer, Alyssa Jefferson. 2019 All-America third team. Incredible defender. All-WCC first team and scholar All-American, no less. Part of a defense that held opponents to a .65 goals per game and 14 shutouts. Helped BYU to the NCAA Tournament quarterfinals, the WCC Championship, and a top-five final national ranking. Riley Jensen-McFarland, softball, 2019 All-Region, WCC first-teamer, ranked 8th in career on-base percentage, 10th in career batting average in BYU history, helped BYU win the West Coast Conference Championship and reach another NCAA tournament. Paisley Johnson of BYU Women's Basketball, All-WCC first-team, led the Cougars 15.2 points per game, big part of BYU finishing 3rd in the WCC and 18-11 and overall. Mary Lake, volleyball, broke BYU's all-time digs record, finished 7th in aces in the rally era, held BYU to a 26-5 and record, number 17 final national ranking. She competed with the U.S. national team as well, winning Volleyball Nations League in China. 
All-American and WCC Libero of the Year. And the Y Award for Female Crowd Pleaser of the Year goes to Mary Lake. Well-deserved. What a career for Mary Lake. And as good of a volleyball player as she is, she 100% is a better person. She has helped so many people off the court as well, as genuine as they come. So fun to watch her play, and it was a huge privilege for me to call many of her matches. Three-time nominee and now two-time award winner of this. So Mary Lake getting it done. I'm telling you, there's not going to be a libero like her that plays like her and has her same personality ever again. She was very unique, very beloved by the fan base. So congratulations to Mary. Yeah, we'll miss Mary Lake. Our next award, Jerem. Kimball Memorial Award awarded to the male or female athlete with the highest cumulative GPA among those who have lettered twice or more and completed 70 or more credit hours. Whoa, some requirements. Congratulations to Miki Yauhiainen of BYU Men's Volleyball, computer science major. All he did, Jerem, was carry a 4.0 GPA. Whoa! 4.0? That's amazing. Uh, yeah, he's also a pretty good volleyball player as well. 4-0 in computer science. Congratulations. I see to big paychecks in his future. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Coming up, the final award of the 2020 Y Award. It is the Coach of the Year. Who deserves it? This is BYU Sports Nation. The 2020 Y Awards continue on BYU Sports Nation. It's now time for our final Y Award of the show. Head Coach of the Year. And the winner is Ed Stone, who joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, along with being a national champion runner, now a national champion coach, and he competed at the Olympics. Ed, this has to rank right up there. Uh, how would you sum up an amazing year full of accomplishments, primarily as the underdog? Well, you're exactly right. Uh, it was really a, a great day where everything came together, and it's I think it's especially fun when you're kind of the underdogs going into it. Uh, you have nothing to lose, and you just swing for the fences. So it was a great day. Cross country, what a season, the greatest season combined men and women ever. The men win the national championship. The women take second. And those teams win teams of the year, by the way. Pretty awesome. What did it mean for track and field and cross country to have the year you had? Well, I think you got to remember that the strength of the uh, – of the women's team, I think really inspired the men's team. And so to see coach Taylor, the way that she motivates, the way that she drives, the way that she gets the most out of her athletes truly, uh, I think upped our men's game as well. And you got to also remember that the women ran directly before the men did. And so to see them battling and for a while, I thought they had won it. It really came down to a six point swing, which is about three seconds. So with the naked eye, we had no idea until, until right at the end. And so I think our guys, once they saw how focused our women well ran, how well they were, uh, they executed their game plan, I think it made our guys wanted to rise up and, and run that much better. So it was just a, a great combined afternoon, even though the conditions were, uh, you know, kind of torrential downpour, um, we got the best out of both the men's and women's teams. We may have buried the lead here. Did the pitch of your excitement and the screams that followed match anything close to what Isaac Wood can produce? <laughs> well, Isaac is a, has been an a, important part of this program, certainly. He helped build this, uh, this team from the ground up with his uh, recruiting expertise. So any coach who isn't using him because he's now uh, an integral part in, in working with recruiting uh, is missing out because he's great. And, and certainly we've seen him go viral a number of 
times with his enthusiasm. And so we actually were at different places on the course because uh, I, I assumed that the guys would be able to hear him out on the course. I wanted to get a different spot so they could hear me as well. The biggest splash Isaac made was when uh, the 10K guys were racing, right? Uh, and Clayton Young wins the national championship. He is the male athlete of the year among a lot of great athletes at BYU. And Whitney Orton is the female athlete of the year. What does it mean to have both of those in a sweep? Well, again, it's just uh, a testament to the hard work of the entire BYU track and field uh, coaching staff. Uh, all of our staff work intensely hard. Uh, certainly during the fall season, I think uh, the rest of the staff, you know, sacrifices doing their job so that Diljeet and I can focus on our job during the cross-country season. And then during track and field season, I think success breeds success, guys, guys. And uh, when you're coming off of a good cross-country season, then that rolls into a great track season. And I think the track season that Clayton had last year and our group of uh, 10K runners, we qualified 12 guys, 12 guys for the regional championships and then six guys for the national championships in track and field. That directly led to the success that we had in men's cross-country this year. Ed, we look forward to the future of BYU track and field and cross country. Great things ahead, I'm sure, especially when their coach can still run a four-minute mile, right? <laughs> well, I'm a, few, I'm a couple minutes uh, away from that right now. <laughs> uh, but if I, if I can break six, that would be an excellent day. But you know what? I, I accept this award on behalf of all the BYU coaches, particularly this year. You know, I think we've all endured a lot. Uh, I think had, had the season – uh, had the winter semester rolled out like uh, like it should have, uh, I think we would. I'd be splitting this at least three ways. Uh, Coach uh, Olmstead, uh, the way the men's volleyball team was playing, and the fact that they were ranked number one when their season ended, I split this with you, Sean. Uh, Coach Pope, uh, you, you know, we were all looking forward to that March Madness. Uh, I share this with you as well, as well as all the other coaches and the, and the phenomenal work that they did, and then our administrators. You know, thank you guys. We've we've had immense support from you all the way along, and you also give us hope that we're going to emerge from this uh, as an athletic department stronger than ever. Coach, major props to you. Thanks for taking some time with this, and we'll talk to you again soon. All the best. Go Cougs. Ed Eystone on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. Our thanks to all of today's guests. Another amazing season. Here's a closing video to wrap up the 2020 Y Awards. 